1: Welcome to Infertility and Me podcast, a show that amplifies diverse stories about the struggles of infertility and fertility in a safe space. Our goal is to normalize fertility stories that validate, give hope, and create a community where no one is left silently suffering. You guys, welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Infertility and Me Podcast. I am your host, Monique Farouk, your fertility friend, advocate, and IVF mom to one. If this is your first time listening to the show, I appreciate you for hitting that play button and downloading this episode, and/or watching or listening on YouTube. Appreciate you, friend, and I hope that you like what we offer here at Infertility and Me Podcast. Oh my gosh, you guys, what a wild ride! we've had so far this summer. I hope that you are doing okay. I hope that you are well and I hope that you are staying safe. COVID is on the rise again so we must look out for that as we move into the fall and winter seasons very very soon like in the blink of an eye. will be coming up and it'll be September but anywho just a few quick announcements before we get into today's episode. <laughs> if you haven't yet friend Make sure you're following on the gram infertility and me podcast. Okay, and if you haven't yet, stop right now, friend. Stop right now and leave a rating and review on Apple, iTunes, and/or stars on Spotify if you have never yet done so for the Infertility Emmy podcast. It just lets others out there know who have never tuned in that this is a pretty decent side of the interwebs and the streaming platforms and we're doing good things around here and I would deeply, deeply appreciate it. If you could do that for me, just scroll down and hit those stars and or leave a review and I thank you and appreciate you in advance. So we're going to jump right into today's episode. It is officially our very first fertility friend check-in episode. And as the title states, sorry, babe. I'm infertile, and this episode will be going into the guilt, shame, and blame of infertility, what that feels like, and just validating the feelings that we all go through during these times of trying to conceive and family building and or having severe diagnoses that is causing our fertility issues as well. But before we get into the actual topic, we'll go into our fertility friend check-in segment, now, this is a new segment of the podcast where you guys send me your letters and it is your wins, your struggles, your questions, your comments, anything that you would like shared on the podcast as it relates to the struggles of family building and or your wins in building family Uh, building your family, I should say. And even if that's just administering your own shots and you've never been able to do that before, I'd like to hear from you. So we're going to start first though with, I want to give a shout out to my girl uh, Lillian on Instagram. And Lillian and I have been connected on Instagram for quite a while now, probably at least two years. And she's so sweet and always checking in on me if I go missing for a couple days and stuff. And so I like her spirit and I've been following along her journey as well. And she sent me a DM and she said, Monique, you address really serious issues um, that are so incredibly important. I love the bit of humor you bring to these heavy topics. I really appreciate you blowing off some of the steam That makes me laugh while also sharing your truth and brutal honesty here and on your podcast. I appreciate you, Lillian Girl. And thank you for rocking with me on the gram as well as tuning into episodes when you have the time. And that goes for all of you guys. I don't take it for granted that you listen in and share and pass along the podcast to others. It is uh, my labor of love and it's a passion for me to be on the podcast with you guys and building community with you also on Instagram. And then our next friend sent me a letter a couple of months ago. Actually, I saved it we'll call her E, she sent me a message on, well, she sent me a comment on YouTube and then she actually went to the website and sent me a message and she says, I'm a big fan of your podcast and I have been listening every morning to an episode. My name is E and I have been struggling with infertility for over eight years. We've actively been trying for about three years. E, I hope that you are well, I hope that you are okay. Please send me an update of where you are in your in, in your treatments, if you've started treatments or not. Please do check in with us. And that goes for any of you guys, whether you're still in the path to trying to conceive or whether you've stopped and take breaks or you're just stopped altogether. I would love to still hear from you. So we'll go into our first fertility friend check-in letter. This is from a girl, Chris, on IG, and she says, we did our first round of IVF and we retrieved eight eggs, all of which were mature and five were fertilized. So now we have five eggs fighting to be ours. We have a fertilized egg for every year we've been trying. Wow. I can't. Share the news with my mom due to losing her to COVID last year. Her biggest dream was to be a grandma. So this has been extra hard, but we're making it through. Wow, Chris. Wow. Condolences I'm sending to you for the loss of your mom. How traumatic and devastating. I know that that was. My sister too lost her mom last year to COVID, unfortunately. And I know how hard and difficult and arduous and painful and such a such a great loss that you're going through and doing all of this without the support and love of your mom and the physical but I know she's right there with you and I know that she is guarding you and protecting you wherever you go from this day forward and I appreciate you taking the time to share that part of your story with us on the podcast and do keep me updated girl tag me on Instagram and or send me another quick email I would love to know how things are still going and Oh my gosh. And you were able to get eight and five matured. So that is really fantastic. And I'm so glad that the numbers were in your favor. So we're going to give our girl, Chris, a quick, quick hand clap. Yay, Chris. Hope everything turned out well. And that those five remained matured and progressed for you and hubby dear. So our next friend and we're going to call her A and she says, honestly, I've not been doing so well. We had a failed IVF transfer and after getting two positives by the time of our second beta, the embryo was already lost. I am angry I'm angry it's taken four years to get here and we still don't get to have a baby. I'm angry it costs so much. I'm angry that most people save for home improvements and I have to save to even have a chance at a baby. I'm angry that there are not any easy ways to be a mom. I'm angry that God promises he is a good father, yet he doesn't answer when I call. How can he just let this much pain keep happening? He says he will show up when we seek him with all of our heart, but I can't even hear him in this. For four years, he has been silent. I don't even know how to believe anymore. I'm angry that infertility has taken my body, my dreams, my money, my hope. It has taken everything and I'm tired of it. I wish I just didn't want kids. This would be so much easier if I didn't care. Oh, man. Oh, man. I resonate with this a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. But know this, friend, that your anger, and I don't want to dismiss you by saying this, but I I hope to more so validate you in saying that the anger you feel is very normal and the way in which you express your anger is what we want to focus on. And that we are not damaging ourselves in how we deal with it and that we're not damaging our spouse and or others around us who care and love us. And so that would be something if you were asking for advice, that would be what I would say to you, friend, is just focus on how your anger is manifesting and your actions, I should say, and the way you speak to yourself, first and foremost. and not uh, self-deprecating and finding a way if you're not already connected to a therapist and or counselor or a certified coach to help you manage that anger. Because that was me for a very long time. I spent four years just pissed the F off, you guys. Like, seriously. And at the time when we first started trying to conceive, I wasn't still very religious, but I was still like, I was transitioning out of religion. And so I understand what it feels like when the source of inspiration, the source of your spiritual, uh, your spirituality seems to have abandoned you. I, I feel like that's what you may be going through is that you feel abandoned by God who um and because you feel like it's not answering you and you're not getting clarity and you're not getting peace and you can't figure out a way to come down off of level ten. And I resonate with that a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And ultimately I just had to learn to redirect that anger. And it's very hard and it takes a lot of patience and it takes a ton of freaking practice to be able to manage emotions um, intelligently. Friend, I'm here for you, girl. And I'm sending you all the love and all the vibes and we all are rooting for you. And I hope that you find your peace that you're looking for, that you're seeking, and that you're reaching for. And I hope that peace finds you sooner than later. And do please, friend, keep us updated. And again, I'm here if you need an ear and or another email to be sent. I'm here to read and listen. (sighs) So we're all going to send our good vibes and energy to our curl A. Oh my gosh, it's so hard dealing with anger. in in the midst of all this and trying to stay hopeful, it really, truly is. And no one can really understand it unless they've been through it themselves. And our next letter comes from CJ. And he or she says, first off, thank you for an opportunity to share. I just had my fourth IUI and I had the worst experience with a doctor I had not previously seen. So this is trigger warning, you guys. This is like some unethical care. Um, that a doctor had given our friend CJ's and she says my IUIs can only be performed by a doctor because during my second IUI it took almost an hour and three different people to get the catheter inserted into my cervix. It was horrible and I told my doctor about that later and he determined that shouldn't have happened and that only a doctor will take care of me so it doesn't happen again And my third IUI was amazing because of the doctor. She took so much care and talked me through the whole process. However, this fourth IUI was traumatizing. The doctor who did my IUI immediately walked in with the nurse and started the conversation off with how it isn't my first time doing an IUI. He questioned why I needed a doctor. He questioned me if I was moving on to IVF soon. And and I said, yes, this is the last IUI and the IVF, but I wasn't sure how we would be able to do IVF. He acted confused about why I couldn't do IVF. And when I explained the financial burden, he said, oh, okay. I thought you meant you weren't sure you could do it because of your anatomy. Mind you, this doctor is old in all caps. He's at least 70. Then he proceeds to the procedure, which was the worst part. At one point, he used an instrument to pull my cervix up to the catheter. At one point, he used an instrument to pull my cervix up to get the catheter in without warning. (laughs) Let me just stop right there. What? 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 I recently did a recording with Melissa at The Hormone Dietitian, and we talked about doctors who perform procedures and do things that are unethical. And what I said to on her show was basically that we have to start holding these doctors accountable for their wrongdoings, no matter how much education they have. If it doesn't feel right, if it wasn't done right, it's because... It isn't freaking right. Okay, let's get that out of the way. First and foremost, it wasn't right, period. So let's start holding these doctors accountable, reporting them when they do unethical things. It's not right. And the only way they'll be taken, um, they'll be they'll be able to check themselves and to also be better is if we let it be known that we're not going to have it, that we're not going to take it and we're not going to sit back and just take our business elsewhere. And so friend, I'm so sorry that happened to you. (sighs) Okay. Let me finish the letter. I jolted because the severe pain and almost instantly cried. And he said, Oh, I saw you jolted. Are you okay? I just pulled your cervix up to help to get it in. What? None of my procedures ever have done that. And no warning. I felt immediately uncomfortable. And just wanted it to end it felt like assault i know that sounds extreme but i don't know what else to call it because it was way worse than just having poor bedside manner i'm frustrated i did report the incident to my nursing team and just waiting for a response i was also disappointed with the nurse in the room that did nothing for me this doctor took the easy way out and actually hurt me in the process i don't know how to handle this but just needed to vent about why there are fertility doctors in the world who make this experience harder. Oh my gosh. Again, friend, I am so sorry CJ for what happened to you on that table. You know, here's the thing. Like we, we, we trust these doctors, whether we're under anesthesia and or awake for procedures, we trust these doctors to do the right thing. We trust them to handle our body with care and not to just be another body on the table and I know that they are trained in a specific way to, to kind of like, I guess, compartmentalize the actual person and the body that they are working on. But that is no excuse. And it's unfreaking acceptable. I can imagine how painful that was. I can just imagine it. I can, I really, really can, because I've been through some pain in, in, with my organs and dealing with doctors. So I know just how bad, just, just that, that one thing. I just, I understand, girl. And to anyone out there who has suffered similar, I'm sending my love to you. Um, CJ, I hope that your body has healed properly and that it hasn't caused any long-term issues with your cervix being pulled and pushed around like that. That is, that is unfreaking acceptable, my dear. And I'm so glad you wrote in and got it off of your chest. And we're sharing it publicly so that other friends can look out for the same type of treatment and to run 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 i know it's not always easy finding new doctors and getting acquainted with them and having to do certain things testings over but sometimes it's so freaking necessary friend i hope that you can find another specialist to do this for you and you don't have to face that doctor again in this way especially and since you have been able to report him to the nurses and um we're all rooting for you i'm sending love we're all sending love to you and which just. We're going to send our love to CJ and hope that she's healing and recovering so that she can move on to next stages peacefully and without pain. Oh, man, I just hate that for you. I hate that for you. That is our fertility friend check-ins for this week. You guys can tap the details in today's show notes and send in your fertility friend check-in for the next go-around week after next.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple.
1: And so for our topic, you guys saw it in the show description as the title. Sorry, babe, I'm infertile, dealing with the guilt and blame of infertility. And I I I chose this topic because I just see it coming back every so often. You'll see a lot of people going through the same thing at the same time. And so you know, you have those times when you say to your spouse, you know, you could just go off and be with someone else. Someone who may be younger, someone who is more fertile and you won't have all of these issues to deal with and you can be a couple hundred or a couple thousand dollars richer and you don't have to deal with me. I'll be fine. You go on. I know I've said it. I know you guys have probably said it or thought it to your spouses once or twice during your path to family building but you know too often guilt drives our emotions when we're struggling and going through fertility treatments, adoptions, in real adoptions, etc. and so what do we do and how do we feel secure in our relationships during these times and being secure in that our spouse is not feeling resentful and also how do we move forward towards peace. And for me personally, as a hetero cisgendered woman, I, I, I can only give my perspective from that perspective and the ways that the toxicity of guilt and shame manifested when I was still in the thick of things. It's, um, it's a shit show. Okay. It's, it really is. And I would say all kind of crazy things to my man. It's a wonder he didn't freaking leave me. <laughs> And um I can laugh about it now, but it wasn't funny back then, you guys. It really wasn't. I know a lot of you may feel the same way and or have some at some point. There were times when I would just go out with my friends and I would come home later later than I should have as a married woman who has um someone at home waiting for her and or worried about her and I was I acted out in a very rebellious way when it came to guilt and shame and dealing with my diagnosis and it, it got really bad for a minute you guys i'm not gonna lie at all and it's it attacks your intimacy it causes severe aggravation in how you handle arguments and it just makes you more self-critical about how your feet about how you feel about yourself and how you feel about your body it tampers with your self-esteem it makes you feel like you're not good enough, no matter what everything else that you've accomplished in your life, suddenly none of that matters when you're going through something like this, because we tie our identities so much, being able to procreate, and it's the end- all be all. And in many other countries too, still to this day that live very, I guess the word is traditional uh, roles feminine and masculine roles. And then feeling like, you know, your spouse would just be better off without you. Like, you know, they married you for rich or for poor and all those things, but the divorce rate is what, over 50% here in the U.S. And usually it's the woman who leaves first, hetero women. It's just not a good place to be. And it doesn't serve us when we're trying to procreate and do fertility treatments and or adoptions or any other form of family building because it blinds us and we aren't able to see the truth and we aren't able to see ourselves and how magnificent and truly powerful we are on the inside. And what really turned a light bulb on for me was making peace with the diagnosis Making peace with the fact that this is what I was going through right now and that my man was also dealing with some things too because I think that we forget that they also have feelings in this thing even if they don't have the diagnosis or they don't have a diagnosis of anything at all and they're perfectly fine it's two people going through some of the same emotions but for the most part uh, maybe fifty percent of the time women our emotions operate a little bit differently so I feel like um if you're in a hetero relationship, men tend to hold on to it and they don't truly express it as much as women do verbally sometimes, and that's not always the case, but, you know, a vast majority, and it is very difficult for me to communicate my thoughts about how I feel, and I'm sure you feel the same way, because it's a new experience, and with new experiences, we don't quite know how to express them, and we don't know quite how to do so without crying? Literally, um, I can remember having conversations, and I would get one word out, and I'd be a ball of freaking tears and snotty, and we get to crying, and just you know, it's just you get overwhelmed. You get so overwhelmed about blaming yourself and about figuring out what you could have done differently. And here's the thing: we can have all of the education in the world about reproductive care, reproductive rights, and how we can preserve our fertility and going to see a therapist and a counselor. And I know people who had counselors and therapists long before they were diagnosed, and they still deal with the same emotions of blame and guilt and shame. No one is exempt from feeling those emotions. When you've been diagnosed with infertility, and I I see it a lot, especially in people who have unexplained and or secondary infertility, because there's no definitive answer unless they have some underlying endometriosis and they get the laparoscopic procedures to be diagnosed And Being able to communicate our thoughts and emotions the best we can without self-deprecating is very hard. It is very hard to do, but I do feel as if it is very also freeing because after you have communicated those thoughts and emotions clearly and effectively and your partner is truly listening, it is so freeing and being able to Take that weight off of your shoulders and send it back out to the universe and let go of it. It's very freeing. And it doesn't happen the first time. And I think that is another misconception about healing emotional traumas is that it happens right away. It takes a ton of practice. And so it may take three to five conversations before you can talk about it without crying and going through the necessary The steps of getting better at clearly and effectively communicating your emotions. And unfortunately, it hasn't been until recently that we are normalizing emotions and sharing. And doing so with emotional intelligence is trendy now. So everybody's learning how to do it. And the way we interpret them as women and how men interpret them are vastly different. And sometimes it can, it can be overwhelming for our spouses. So they're listening, but they don't um, always understand because they look at things from different perspectives. And that's why I do love talking to my spouse so much about certain things because he offers a different perspective and he offers a different way of looking at it. And then sometimes it'll just be like a snap of a finger. He'll say something. And it's like, oh, goddamn, well, why didn't I think of that, daggone it, shit, you know? And so communicating effectively with our spouses really helps because they may offer you something that you had never thought of in that way. And so it takes a lot of practice, you guys. It's going to take more than one conversation. It's one. It's going to take more than one crying session to get through it. Another thing that I think is very important and it relates to our friend A and her being angry with God is your spiritual practices being one of your focal points while you're on this path to family building, however that looks like for you. What I found was what used to work in my experience. You guys know I'm not a mental health therapist, licensed counselor, nor am I a certified coach. So everything I'm saying is life experience based. But what I found worked for me was leaning into more of my spiritual practices, but I found that I had to do it differently. I found that Praying on my knees wasn't working anymore. I found that opening the Bible didn't work as effectively as it did before. And so I had to find other ways to give reverence to God, source, universe, whatever you prefer to call it. And sometimes that meant just being outside in the grass in my yard with my feet on the ground, barefoot. Sometimes that meant going for extended walks and not having anything in my ears and just being at one with myself, letting the thoughts come, letting the thoughts ramble on like they do in our head, and just letting it just letting it be and just and just being with myself and moving my body and connecting with it more. If you are a spiritual person, lean into your spiritual practices, but try some new things. Try some different ways of leaning into your spirituality and in different angles. That you can get what you need because maybe what used to work for you just doesn't work anymore because you've outgrown it spiritually and I think a lot of people forget that there's no right or wrong way to pray. There's no right or wrong way to meditate. You sitting down for a second and taking those five deep breaths may just be enough for you. You doing your hobbies that you're so passionate about may be enough and it may be able to help jumpstart that joy that you're seeking um, to come back into your life. And again, all of these things, anything that you do to make yourself better and to make yourself feel more whole as a human being and as a person, takes practice. You have to do it consistently and be mindful of what it is that you're actually doing. It's almost like when you have your pet sitting next to you and you're used to them coming sitting next to you or you're used to your cat sitting on your laptop. Two of my cats used to do that, sit on my laptop keys and, or my dog that I have now, Sebastian, my old man, he's 13 and a half years old and he'll come sit. If I allow him on the couch, I'll put my blanket down and he sit on the blanket on the couch with me and he'll put his head in my lap and he just sit there with me and take a nap. And so, Those little small things that we just don't stop to take notice of. And oh my gosh, I just wish that I could just snap my fingers and you guys will feel better. But I can't. And so it's going to take work. It's going to take time. And it's going to take patience, which leads me into self-compassion and taking notice of when you have those self-deprecating moments that pull you into that negative space again. And just identifying and stopping yourself from doing it is one step closer to you being able to obtain that joy and and peace that you so, so need and that your body is asking for. And again, the more you do it, the easier it will become. And the less you'll find yourself deprecating, and there were times I even had to make sticky notes and put it on my on my mirror in the morning, so it was the first thing I saw when I went when I went to sleep, and it was the first thing I saw when I went to brush my teeth in the morning, and it was just those key things that would stood out to me the most. And a lot of the times it would be like little small quotes that I read in a book or heard on a podcast from like Jay Shetty podcast or something, and I would just leave it up there for a month or so. And when that one no longer resonated, I got a new one. And or I just, I look at myself in the mirror and be like, girl, stop that shit. Stop it right now. That is not who you are. And snapping out of it. But again, those self-deprecating moments are real. They are real. And taking notice of them and not taking notice of them is the difference between staying in negativity in your negative state and moving yourself farther and closer to that joy and that peace. You guys know I love comedic content. (laughs) So that is something else I would recommend is watching comedic content because it uplifts. It brings joy. It can inspire you and it can definitely take your mind off of things. And I'm not going to talk you guys' head off. I just wanted to share these tidbits and help you feel more validated as your week continues and as your days continue. And as the months continue, save this episode so you can come back to it and be reminded of who the F you are. And remember, friend, that you deserve the love of your partner, no matter how much guilt and shame and blame you put on yourself. Remember, no matter what, you deserve the love of your partner. You deserve the love of yourself. You deserve to be accepted by yourself and your partner. And you are worthy of joy. You are worthy of peace. And get help. Seek mental health therapy from a certified coach, licensed therapist, psychologist, or counselor. This is for informational purposes only and not to deter you from the help of your therapist if you already have one. I love you guys. And I thank you for tuning in. You know where to find me. Infertility and Me podcast on Instagram. Info at MoniqueFarouk.com to send in your fertility friend check in or just tap the show details and click and send me those letters. Okay, well, I'll talk to you guys very, very soon. Peace and blessings.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple.